Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 655. Science Faction, everyone here are idiots and a mystery solved. You literally sound like, uh... Like, like, uh, like if I had like one mantra, it's everybody here is an idiot. And like yeah. a lot of times it took me a long time to realize that I also was referring to myself. Yes. Like that was like, that oh, was yeah. the, that like, it took a long time to realize that I too was in that group, mm-hmm. but I'm not and wrong. Little did they know you have such low self-esteem. You hadn't considered yourself a person in the first place. So you had excluded <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I consider myself more like a reek. Uh, character from Game of Thrones. I was subhuman. I was like human in some ways, and I could possibly, like a daywalker, could fool people. But I knew I, I wasn't one of them. It took a long time for me to have the confidence enough to say that I'm a shitty human. And speaking of the Prince Oberon of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is the Glegor Cleborn of this show, none other than Mr. <laughs> Damien Mercado. <laughs> A hillbilly Game of Thrones, like Game it, Greg of Sin Place. Is that it? Clegane. Clegane. There you go. That's right. There Sorry, go. Gregor Clegane. I'm the. I'm hideously scarred, but a tragic hero. Yes. You realize you're my mountain, like, and I'm coming yeah. for you, bitch. The day <laughs> will come. Yeah. Well, you murdered the Baker's boy, so maybe don't be so high and mighty about all your morality yeah. bullshit. Okay. <laughs> And if you want to see him throw my face into the fire, check out <laughs> I Call BS on our Patreon exclusive. Wow, what a great segue, man. I didn't have to do that one. That was fantastic. Yeah, you can go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on uh, Patreon to find a whole other episode of Science Faction every single week where you'll see Damien get his face melted off by hot coals. And uh, we've been uh, doing uh, uh, Awful Neutral has been live streaming every week. Uh, we've been releasing a podcast every week. We're back to that again. Uh, we say fuck editing. It's all live. But it actually, the you know, uh, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't a lot of fun and the product didn't work. Uh, to be fair, the product can't work because it's a tabletop role playing game that you shouldn't be playing in the first place. So like by playing, it is in essence not working. I love that you're like you're like the green eggs and ham guy about this. And like you're just like, nope. <laughs> Listen, I don't care how much fun I could have with a lot of really funny people who I admire comedically and professionally. That's like, right. I don't care that I'm missing out on that on all them fun times. <laughs> I won't do it with a fish. I won't do it with a list. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on, we're playing. Everybody has their titties out. It's awesome, Bobby. You'd love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure heroin's awesome, too, but I, I have no <laughs> desire right now, so no thank you. Pussy! Rush Limbaugh was a real man. Bobby's <laughs> a pussy. Uh, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. And that's why you'll never be Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's the celebrity I wish I used. One of many reasons I will never be Philip Seymour Hoffman. By the way, uh, you don't have his under, range. Underappreciated role. Uh, along came Polly. Philip Se- one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's <laughs> best roles. Like oddly good at at comedy for a dude who's known as like a famed dramatic actor. 
That's that's the fucking range that motherfucker had. Yeah. And 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 for you to on your best day, you should hope to be a man as interesting enough to uh, play to uh, basically L. Ron Hubbard yeah. and the dopey friend from Along Came Polly, also who died of heroin. You are not that awesome. In fact, I know you're actually a responsible father, which disgusts me. Yeah, you uh, you are very similar to the Philip Seymour Hoffman character in the film Boogie Nights. <laughs> and Dungeons and Dragons is your Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was because I tried to kiss you. <laughs> you bought a you bought a car that you painted the same color as mine. <laughs> hey, Bobby, I got a Ford Fiesta 2012. <laughs> Isn't it sweet, Bobby? You just—is it cool? Uh, okay, on to article number one. Can you tell the biological sex of skeletons? Uh, I mean, I know that we've, uh, you've actually sold to me quite a bit of your, of your bone magic, your archaeological bone magic, uh, and that you could, in fact, you said it with certainty. You could tell like ethnicity. You yeah. could like, t- you could basically tell like, um, how much herpes they had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, uh, I'm not even saying that as a, we can tell this as a, as a thing. Like I personally can tell that and have done that. Te- I've been tested on this, this project, but we're going to go on. Some of you may have heard of this kind of uh, scrum that has happened recently. Damien, are you aware of the story we're about to talk about? No. Um, okay. I, I try to stay, adjacent. I read scrum monthly. Um, I'm usually, <laughs> but because of it's, it's, it's an old school, like, you know, physical publication. So a lot of time I'm reading it a month behind. Uh, it's a lot of rugby stories. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of interesting. So this has come out as a huge story on many right-wing news sites. So Damien, as an avid Republican, I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen this. And frankly, it's actually not a totally undeserved, it's not totally undeserved in terms of attention. It's not like a tan suit, as I, I like to use that term to, to talk about something that is not actually a thing that's been made into a, a news story. It is not a tan suit. But let's see if we can solve what's actually being said. So this all concerns the confrontation of an anthropology and law professor at, I think it was the University of Pennsylvania. His name is Professor Gabby Yearwood, and he is a professor of anthropology there, uh, and also, I guess, in the law school at some for- in some form. And they're in some kind of student discussion. They're probably a member of academia. Sorry, this is Republican Damien talking. He sounds like <laughs> a big city liberal. I already don't trust the article. <laughs> so he's, uh, they're doing some kind of discussion or debate or lecture or something. There's a hall full of students. He's there. And also there is a woman named Riley Gaines, who's some former like collegiate swimmer, I guess, that gained some fame and turned like staunchly anti-trans person who is pushing an anti-trans agenda, and I want to make sure I highlight that, but she asks him, she postulates, if you were to dig up a human, two humans, 100 years from now, both a man and a woman, could you tell the difference strictly off bones? And Yearwood responds, no. And all of the students in the lecture hall rightfully start laughing at him. And he gets really flustered. He says, have any of you been to anthropological sites? Have any of you studied biological anthropology? I'm just saying, I've got over 150 years of data. I'm just curious as to why I'm being laughed at. I have a PhD. Okay, now this has gone on fire in the right-wing media. It is another one of those examples of super woke leftists who you know, will lie and cheat and steal or don't know what they're doing and blah, 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 blah. And not talk to me or call me back despite the fact that, you know, uh, I love you very much, uh, uh, Kelsey and the twins, and, 
And and, and I, I, listen, I'm, I'm as your father. I listen. I'm, I just I really wish you'd see the light and see that uh, Donald Trump is the future of the country, and you'd stop being uh, liberals who hate me. But you know, uh, uh, if if not talking to my family again is the price I have to pay to love America, then that's the price that Republican Damien will pay. I do like that Republican Damien did manage to have a family. Like that is kind of funny. Republican that re- Damien got married at 19. <laughs> And it's had a series of affairs. He actually has way more divorce. Wait a minute. First of all, liberal you couldn't, you couldn't have gotten married at like 19. You went on vacation for like two years right after that. So you couldn't have gotten <laughs> married. I got married overseas. Uh, dear. Okay, so what exactly is going on here? First, I do want to make a distinction between sex and gender. When we talk about biological sex, we're usually talking about kind of uh, what's going on at birth, you know, penis, vagina, XY kind of stuff. A little bit more of what you hear people who are anti-trans talking about when we're discussing gender. Gender is a social construct and it applies to how we act Socialism construct. I I don't (laughs) like it already. I'm telling you. Now, in terms of that, so there there is a distinction between sex and gender, and here it looks like we're talking about biological sex. Now, I do want to say that, yes, obviously you can tell biological sex. It doesn't mean you can tell it all of the time. You have to have a full skeleton, and most of the skeletons we fi- find aren't full, so you can't always tell it of any individual. But if you have a full skeleton, and there's not some pathology that impairs your ability to, to see the parts of the bones you need to see, you absolutely can. Now, are there people, intersex individuals, who we could not tell that they are intersex or could not tell which side of the spectrum they fall on? Absolutely there are. Are there people of each sex that might look on preliminary inspection to be uh, the opposite sex? Absolutely, and that mistake gets made all the time, even by professional anthropologists. Now, I looked all over the internet to see if Dr. Yearwood had a response to the video clarifying his point, and I could not find one. Now, there may be some interpretations of his point that has to do with gender identities or something else, but I haven't seen him make that defense. And if there isn't, if that isn't the caveat he's making, and there's a few reasons that it appears not to be the case that that was the caveat he was trying to make, this seems to be an example of someone asserting authority over a subject they are very ignorant of. And I'm going to get to it. I know he's a PhD in anthropology, right? We're going to get to it. But secondly... It's a dog anthropology. It's completely <laughs> different. But yes, we absolutely can tell this from, from skeletons. Now, again, assuming he is not talking about gender differentials or assuming he's not talking about intersection individuals or the possibility that the, something can be confused, if he's just saying, no, there's no way to tell the difference between those two, he is the first of many idiots that we are going to talk about tonight in reference to this particular article. Because trust me, Damien, I dove deep and they're all idiots. <laughs> Republican Damien will follow you down this liberal rabbit hole of misinformation. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Not only can we tell the difference between men and women, we could tell the difference between women who have had children and those who have not. We could tell uh, we could tell a ton of differences. And by the way, I'm just talking about physical examination. I'm not even talking about them. Fuck them. I'll tell you what I could do. You could tell the women who had children were divorced because they were not buried with their husbands ceremoniously. Because as a conservative man, it's okay to get a divorce after you, your, your wife had a kid. If she doesn't excite you anymore because she's just a vessel for you to look at. You have them just like, you, you bury them next to your, laying down at your feet. You know, like just, just hanging out, curled up down <laughs> that's, there. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's where the wife I love 
goes, the ex-wife. That's she's buried with the kids, which I you uh, see on holidays. A- again, I'm going to talk about just the differences that I could tell if you put me in a thing, and not not oh, I think I could. The stuff I've been fucking tested on that I can tell the difference in terms of bones that every physical anthropologist has been tested on. So, the differences in bones are most pronounced in places like the pelvis, the knees the brow ridge of the skull, and the general robustness of the bones. Now, the pelvis has a few things that are different. The Mainly the sciatic notch is like a, a very different shape just because of how it has to morph and mold for, for birth and stuff. It's just different in men. But also, I was given skeletons where we didn't have that, and you had to do it by things like the angle of the knee joint. Women's knees actually come in at a different angle than ours because of the way their pelvis is situated. Side note, it's also why 40% of female basketball players will blow out their ACL. Like they're AC, they're more prone to ACL damage coming down on a jump just because of that slight angle difference. So like the angle of the knee is different. The way I could tell the best, my the way I was personally best at telling was right on the brow ridge. If you like pinch it, like right now, reach in just above your eye. So like your your thumb is in your eye socket a little bit and pinch that, that brow ridge. Put the top above your eyebrow and the bottom below it and pinch it. And you can kind of feel your bone there, that ridge where a caveman would have his ridge. With females, that's very gracile, as they say, very very light. And with males, it's very thick. But again, this isn't something that's like a numerical dimension. This is something you do a thousand times down in the fucking osteology lab, like I had to do, so you didn't fail a test. And you get good at it, and you, you get good at being able to tell it, as opposed to something like the sciatic notch, which you tell visually. It's very easy. It's very, very easy to tell it that way. Or it's something like the knee, which you actually have to get like a protractor out and do the fucking measurements to see what the angle is like there are different levels of obviousness to this and oh by the way we're just talking about a physical examination we're saying a bodies that are buried 100 years let's just be realistic we would just take a sample of those bones and test the dna and yes we can 100 percent tell the gender in multiple ways uh, quick side note: I want to I want to take a step back here. Uh, Republican Damien is extremely threatened by the uh, the thought that a woman could excel and be legendary at a sport or physical activity. So uh, you have actually just armed me with the knowledge that I needed. Bobby. Oh, the basketball thing. So I know I could beat Serena Williams. Asterisk: We're playing basketball. Asterisk: On a long enough time frame that she blows out her knee. That's how I take her. The long game. I look at it the other way. I look at it like women who play basketball are way more badass than men who play basketball because it's basically like the NFL for them. Like they're going in knowing they're coming, getting hurt, you know? This is where a Republican Damien would usually have uh, uh, some sort of shitty joke about the WNBA, but uh, uh, actual Damien is fighting pretty hard on this. So I will say, yeah, for the fucking WNBA girls are fucking badass. I saw Brittany Griner getting arrested for weed. Fuck yeah. But I will say this, depending on the population that that skeleton is picked from, this can sometimes be harder to do pre-genetics. Again, we can do this very easily just by taking a sample and doing the genetics. But just by examining physical examination, this can sometimes be harder than you would think, thanks to things like malnutrition that might make skel- that might make skeletons develop differently uh, or develop incompletely. The fact that we never have complete remains, it's always somewhat incomplete, and some of the important things might be missing. There might be damage to the skeleton, either pre or post 
post-mortem that causes enough that you can't, act, even if you can access the areas, they're too damaged to be able to tell. And by the way, we have famous cases like Arlington Springs Man, who became Arlington, who was uh, one of the oldest remains of humans that we had in the Western Hemisphere. It was off on the Channel Islands, off here off the coast of California. It's like, you know, 11,000 plus years old. It was known by a femur. It was first found and then dated. And they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. They're like, okay, this is Arlington Springs, man. And then somebody else looked at it like a couple decades later and like, oh, actually, we think this is a, a female femur. And then someone looked at it a few decades after that. And they're like, no, it's actually male. So again, it's not like this is all super easy with fragmentary evidence and non-genetic testing, but it absolutely is possible. And I know it because I fucking done it, by the way. A plus on that test. And every person who's gone through that physical anthropology lab knows that you have three things you have to identify in one of those tests. And it goes age, gender, ethnicity in that order of difficulty. I just so much, I so wish that you dedicated yourself to a cooler science. Like, you're, like you, you grew up with my best. I really wish like you dedicated yourself to like explosives or something or something really fun. cool. We get I blew up plenty of shit. Um, I just like you know so much about date, dating skeletons, and it's just it's just the hijinks. I'm trying to th even if we stretch the limits of weekend at Bernie's technology, I don't still don't see a use for you <laughs> on this. Now it's worth noting that while Doctor Yearwood does have a PhD in anthropology, it's in sociocultural anthropology. <laughs> so he's not an expert in skeletons. And I have a lot of questions about how many quote unquote anthropology sites, which isn't even a fucking thing, you idiot. How many anthropology sites he's been to outside of his undergrad because you don't go to physical anthropology labs as a sociocultural anthropology grad student. So you're throwing around weight you don't have, sir. And personally, as, as someone speaking, you know, anthropology is divided, depending on wh where you are, into either three or four disciplines, linguistics, you know, some in some groups. Slytherin. Is, is, yes, Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hufflepuff. <laughs> evil archaeologists go. Yeah. But there's archaeology, which is, you know, the, the branch that I personally work in. There's physical anthropology, which is the study of human remains and evolution and basically the human body, which is actually how I got into anthropology and was my passion and what I studied very, very closely in undergrad. So I really do know this type of stuff, not at a high, high level, but high enough. Again, I can do it myself that I know what, what is and is not true there. And then there's sociocultural anthropology, which is basically just hanging out with people. Like sociocultural anthropology is describing how certain cultures or societies work. It has nothing, nothing to do with the bones of individuals. And those people have absolutely no expertise outside of their undergrad. Again, he and I, he probably wasn't even a physical anthropology emphasis when he was an undergrad. In fact, I know he wasn't based on his answers. I have more experience than he does. He's an idiot. It's like Jordan Peterson as a doctor, like talking right. about uh, 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 evolutionary biology. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which I've heard evolutionary biology is a is a is a, is a quack field in no, and of itself. No, you're that... thinking about Evo Devo. Evolutionary oh, okay, development is a little bit different. So furthermore, by the way, I think statements like this actually hurt rather than help inclusive movements. Saying demonstrably untrue things in an attempt to pander to an ideal is inherently immoral, especially if the ideal itself, which is acceptance of those with non-traditional gender identities, is a moral virtue that is under threat. 
So by him going out and defending good ideas with untrue statements, you hurt those ideals. You don't help them. You push back the acceptance of trans people by blatantly lying when trying to defend them. Because now the opposite side, they have an easy dismissal of any actual scientific arguments with a simple like, oh yeah, just like that anthropology professor, right? Like blah, 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 blah. This is the reason arguing honestly, even against dishonest people, is essential. It is essential if you actually want to help a just cause. And it's why arguing dishonestly might make you feel good in the moment. I'm sure he felt so good up there, you know, talking about his PhD and tell everybody no. But it objectively hurts the people you are claiming to want to help. So that being said, he definitely fucked up. But here is what's so funny. This has blown up on the right wing. They're like, look at this idiot. He's a fucking nutbag. Look how crazy woke culture has gone so crazy. It's influencing their ability to just say basic facts, right? Your culture is so, so far crazy. You can't state basic facts. Now comes idiot number two. <laughs> because idiot number two is saying, hey, look, he has such strong cultural indoctrination that he can't make a simple, factual, biological statement. And then she, who was, it was the anti-trans swimmer lady who, who was interviewing him, she then posted her reply, which is, this is her reply to the answer of, can you tell the difference between skeletons? Quote, unquote. Every single rational person knows the answer. Men have narrower hips. Their skulls are different. They have an extra rib. Their femurs are longer. Their jaws are different. End quote. An extra rib? You think yeah, women have that, an extra rib? Hold on. Do you think reindeer skeletons are identified by the fossilized version of their glowing red nose, you overtly cocky halfwit? What the fuck? I love the idea. Yeah, one every woman uh, got the Marilyn Manson procedure so she could go no! down on herself. Didn't you know that? This idiot thinks the Bible is a historical biological text. They think oh, that because a woman God. is made from a man's rib in Genesis that men have one less extra rib. Hey, it must be weird to look at other people whose cultural indoctrination makes it impossible for them to make factual biological statements. This is what happens, like like when you're homeschooled. Like at a certain point, like you, like the reality that was that was taught to you is um uh, it gets you gets you embarrassed in public. This this is hilarious because this is the person doing the Nelson like ha ha, but they're getting hit in the balls with the football as it's happening. I'd vote for that in a film festival. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's just the first part of her idiot statement. Now, now I'm going after the anti-trans person. First of all, femurs reflect height, not sex. So large women have large femurs, large men. We can look at a femur and say this is large. It's most likely men. But it has to do with the fact that males generally have bigger height. We don't necessarily have massive sex differentials. There can be some differences in thickness and stuff. They are not a diagnostic criteria in that sense. Parts of the femoral head can tell you things if you can see where it ports into the hips or, or under the thing. But the, the femur body itself, not really that great. As, as she quotes, the skulls are different, which is not very descriptive. And diagnostic. It is true. That 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 one is, is true. I've never seen any gender differentiation of jaws. Again, men tend to have bigger jaws. We tend to be bigger people, but in the same in the same gender. The testosterone can affect jaws differently, but testosterone can flow in both gender in both sexes. So that's you know, it, it, maybe it'll give you some hint, but it's certainly not diagnostic. So bitch, you got four out of five of the things. You were trying to shove in his face wrong yourself. Maybe put down the Bible and pick up a biology book if you want to be involved in the conversation. 
she, she was the swimmer. I mean, like yeah. swimmers. From what I know about swimmers, is like somehow they have they're known as being dumber than football players. There's <laughs> too much time underwater. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't. We didn't grow up on the East Coast, so I don't know a lot of fucking swimmers. Yeah, but uh, from every like popular reference, it's that uh, swimmers are all like fucking Ryan Lochte, barely functional disabled people. Whereas, like, football players, like, you know, yeah, they're on the dumb scale. They skew dumb in, in references in pop culture. So now I'm looking at the story. I'm like, all right, so guy one is an idiot, and he's hurting trans people while trying to help them. Girl two is also an idiot. She's hurting trans people and her own cause while trying to hurt them. But then I kept looking at it. I was reading different stories. Again, I was trying to find that professor's response in case he was like, no. Well, the reason I said no is because uh, they were talking about this sex and they were accounting for intersex people, in which I could, in case I would have been like, okay, fair enough. Or, or something like that. He didn't have anything like that. So again, I was searching everywhere for it. And uh, one of the sites that was one of those right wing sites that were like, man, look at this idiot. They become idiot number three in this. I won't even name the site because I don't, I don't want to give up any publication. But uh, here's a quote from that site. This site has reported on modern universities becoming a haven for all kinds of woke insanity. Johns Hopkins has hired an academic who regularly defends the right of minor attracted persons and was previously fired from similar jobs for comments defending pedophiles. Walker has made many controversial comments about pedophiles, including that people can be attracted to children without acting on that impulse and his assertion that pedophiles are not inherently immoral. Hey, he's right. We talked about this on this show. This is one of the most startling things I've ever learned on this show, and it changed how I look at the world and people, which is that most child molesters are not pedophiles. They're sociopaths or psychopaths or people who just want to take advantage of somebody, and a kid happens to be the easiest person there. And most pedophiles don't actually offend and molest children. They probably would if they could, but they understand that the society is going to catch them and put them in jail and stuff. So most child molesters are not pedophiles. Most pedophiles are not child molesters. So the statement, people can be attracted to children without acting on that impulse, is factually true. And again, it's one of those, look at this idiot. Look at what he's saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm happily married, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I still crave porn. Sure. I, got you. I still crave a fat ass on Pornhub. That's, that's still my thing. Yeah, that's exactly, that's a great point. Like, you can be straight, and then once you get married, you're supposed to stop having sex, right? Like, it's just so... It's so it's such a ridiculous misunderstanding of, of what's actually happening. So anyway, long story short, it's fun to look at these stories and point out how dumb this is. But once again, this is more than a stupid on stupid crime. This actually hurts people who are trans because it muddies the scientific support of things like gender dysphoria. Yeah, yeah, but here's the th the thing. Like, it ended, it ended up making it to like a far right uh, publication, the New York Times. I'm fucking. With it. it did end up making it to a far right publication, but I mean, they would have written a clown article on whatever. You know, their audience isn't really interested it's not, in reality. It's not about what they write a clown article on. It's about what a person is making, especially saying, "I bring with me the onus of scientific research and expertise." He did not. A. He has no idea what the fuck he's mm -hmm. talking about. He is not an expert in that field. And then he said something that is incorrect. And what ends up happening is now you are taking away whatever gravitas that the scientific actual discoveries have. And those things actually do defend trans rights. 
rights. When we talk about the brains of people with gender dysphoria and stuff, all of these are really important research that make a point as to the basic rights that people should have based on things that they cannot control. And the second we start muddying the waters by just fucking lying when we feel like it, we take away an ability and an avenue for those people to have those rights. It's why it is important to always represent these things honestly. Even if you feel like the other person is not being honest, it's not like it's a game like, oh, he goes low, I go high. It's like, no, I tell the fucking truth. I tell the truth. You can lie if you want. I tell the fucking truth because it's important. Honestly, though, the, on this specific issue, you know, they're on the, you know, you don't have to say anything. Because, like, they're on the losing side of a culture war. You know, in 10 years, I don't know what we'll be discriminating against next. Sure. But, but, but with let's say within those 10 years, think how much damage can be done to the people who have to make those gains because they have much harder time getting acceptance of valid scientific findings. Definitely. It, it has an effect. Yeah, absolutely. All right. A very, very interesting. On to article number two. We solved the mystery of childhood hepatitis. Uh, it was, uh, it was what, uh, old man Jenkins as they pull off like a fucking, uh, virus mask off a man or something is now, do you remember this statement? We talked about this last year. This was terrifying for me as a parent, but starting in late 2021 in the fall of 2021 and going into 2022, we started having all of these young kids suddenly develop hepatitis and we had no idea why it was terrifying. And we're not talking about slight hepatitis. Oh, they're getting a little jaundice or something. A significant amount of them was like 2% died, which is insanely high for childhood diseases at that age. And a huge percentage had to get organ transplants just to stay alive. It was a really big deal. These kids were livers were failing out and they was wide. It was across the world. There was some in Alabama. There was some in fucking Scotland. It was like, it was all over the world. 35 different countries, over a a thousand probable cases. COVID. Was it COVID? Well, that was one of the things we were thinking, right? It's 2021, right? And maybe it was COVID. But then again, why would it only hit those people? And we don't think COVID attacks the liver. And only some of them had shown COVID infection and blah, blah, blah. There was some anti-vax stuff going on. Oh, it must be the vaccine. We did find at the time adenovirus 41 in a lot of those kids, but adenovirus 41 doesn't do that to you, right? It just kind of makes you sick. It's like a cold. It shouldn't do this. What this paper comes came out with this week, which is awesome. And by the way, super underreported. I have no idea how this massive story is not being more reported. It turns out that we did figure out, at least we think we did, what it was. It was another virus we didn't know caused disease in people, something called adeno-associated virus type 2, or AAV2. Here's a quote from the article. AAV2 is not typically associated with disease, and it requires a second helper virus in order to replicate. Many of the children with unexpected hepatitis or liver inflammation were infected with multiple helper viruses, the researchers found. And they specifically found a mixture of that AAV2 with that adenovirus 41, Epstein-Barr, enterovirus, and herpes. So what does that mean? Huh. We think the condition was caused by a co-infection of adenovirus associate 2 with at least one or possibly multiple other viruses that allowed it to get into the liver where it usually couldn't get. But then that still doesn't answer the question because if this is just a combo of viruses, if that's just the deal, we've gotten combos of viruses all the time. What the fuck? Would, what could be different? Why would people suddenly start dying here? Well... In one of the studies, 25 of the 27 affected children also shared an immune-related genetic variant that's relatively uncommon in the general population. The findings suggest that this variant might predispose some children to hepatitis when they are infected by AAV2 and one or more of the helper viruses. That still doesn't explain 
why it suddenly jumped out of nowhere. These are all viruses that have been known to exist for a long time. Damien, why did this suddenly jump in in the fall of 2021? 2021, I think I think K-pop was big then. K- was it K-pop? Is K-pop? No, it was what you said before, COVID. But not COVID infection. Rather, the lack of infections that kids experienced through 2020 and 2021 by not being in school. We talked before about how we have sudden floods and rushes of of kids getting sick because they essentially weren't getting sick from communicable diseases like they normally would be for those years. What does that mean? It means that these kids with these rare genetic variants are more likely to be co-infected by AAV2 and those other viruses that can help co-infect the liver because it is the perfect storm of genetic mutation Naive immune system from being out of the school system from COVID for two years, suddenly getting put back in and then getting infected with a bunch of viruses at the same time. You damn kids with your mollycoddled uh, immune systems. You know, I, I, I can drink like a fish I can because of, uh, I, I beat up my immune system and I got a strong liver. Unlike your generation, back in my day. This is awesome because it means uh, if it's true that the genetic variant is the main predisposing cause, we can start scanning kids for that and then, you know, making sure they're maybe we could vaccinate them for AAV2 now that we know it's so serious. Maybe we can, you know, keep them away from other kids during certain times. The fact that we have somewhat solved this mystery is incredibly calming for me as a father who, who you know, was terrified when this was first coming out and we had no answers and kids were literally dying and needing organ transplants when they were like eight years old. It was, it was crazy. And this, by the way, is also the beauty of science. Look what we can do. We looked at over a thousand cases in 35 countries spread out with totally unrelated people and unrelated things, having unrelated lives. And they all ended up coming down with this thing that was new and unexplained. And we had no idea where it just popped out of. Maybe there was some brand new virus like COVID. And it turned out to just be a perfect storm of consequences that happened to happen in just the right series of events that wouldn't have happened probably without COVID, at least not in any noticeable fashion, wouldn't have happened without that genetic mutation, wouldn't have happened without AAV2, along with a series of specific other virus at the exact right time. So it didn't happen a lot, but it happened. And when things are rare, they're even harder to discover the cause of. And this, this is a triumph of science. What you're saying is basically that science figured out that this was actually a George Clooney heist to steal a bunch of children's livers. All these things (laughs) that you're right. It's too big a coincidence, Bobby. All of these things had to happen at once and they were orchestrated. Brad Pitt was making sure a bunch of kids got Epstein-Barr. Yeah, while they're drugging those kids and pulling their livers out in an ice bathtub. Most people don't notice this weird quirk about Brad Pitt's character. He's always eating. (laughs) He's always eating dried children's livers. Dead livers. Thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 655, where you learned all about how we can tell the sex of skeletons and what was causing the mysterious cases of childhood hepatitis. Thanks so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 656. Oh, oh, thank God. We can tell the difference between sex and skeletons. That means I'm probably not gay for what I've done. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right.